The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tigers fans? We're back for another uh, edition here on the Tiger Football Podcast. Coming off a huge win for the Tigers, 30-27 to over Navy this past Saturday. The school's first ever win over Navy. And uh, now, since Navy was ranked number 25, Memphis's first season in which they've beaten two top 25 teams because they also beat UCLA when they were ranked. And as a result, the Associated Press put Memphis in at number 25. Those pesky coaches couldn't uh, stomach putting the Tigers in there. I think they were the number 27, second most receiving votes. But obviously, people are starting to take notice of this team nationally. And and why not? I mean, Saturday was a really, really impressive win, especially given how the defense played. They'd been gashed by Navy the past two years, and this time around held Navy 100 yards below their season average in rushing yards, created five turnovers. Honestly, if the offense had been at its been at its best, this game could have been two, three touchdown game. In the end, it came down to the wire, but Memphis, you know, really showed something in that one and, and has put themselves in a nice position going down the last half of this season in the AAC West title race. And uh, we bring that up because this week, another huge game at Houston, uh, another team who's competing for that AAC West title. There's four or five teams with one loss in the division right now. A win here would really set Memphis up for something special down the stretch, perhaps a a chance to avenge that loss to UCF or uh, face USF in the AAC championship game. But don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Houston has lost one home game over the last three years, so a very difficult place to win. Going on a short week as well. Uh, luckily, both teams uh, only have five days to prepare for this one, but a nationally televised game on Thursday night on ESPN, so a chance to really cement themselves, Memphis, that is, as as sort of a you know a darling of the group of five, I know the AAC doesn't like that, but that's the reality of the situation. But really, a chance, another showcase moment for this program. Jeff, you were at the game on Saturday. What it, what were your takeaways from the game, and and how do you see this setting up down the stretch? Well, I thought Mike Norvell was uh, exactly right when he said it was a <clears throat> program defining win. Now, mind you, you have to keep defining yourself all over again. That the Ole Miss game. A couple years ago was a program-defining win, and the UCLA game was a program-defining win. Then you go get smashed by, by Central Florida, and then you have to define yourself again by beating Navy. But obviously, it's a game that that people didn't necessarily, even though they were favored, I think a lot of people didn't think Memphis could beat Navy. Um, and yet, um, to play the way they did with the, de- the defensive performance that they had, uh, forcing five turnovers, basically creating a whole new defense in order to beat Navy, I thought it said a lot about the program. I thought it said a lot about um, the players who pulled it off. And you're exactly right. I, I am someone who um, I don't mind getting ahead of myself because it's fun to think about. Like, it's fun to think about what's possible. Is it likely? Is all this stuff likely to happen? No. But right now, you have a situation they're ranked in the top 25. Um, if they can beat Houston, certainly if they can win the rest of the games, they will be the American Athletic Conference champion. There's no question about that at this point. Uh, so they have a huge opportunity in front of them. And honestly, because Boise State 
uh, beat San Diego State over the weekend, you've got a situation where they could be the best non-Power 5 team out there. Although there's a question there. you got to win out to do that. And even, if, even if you win out, there's an argument that San Diego State has a better resume looking at who they – whatever. But the point is you can think about these things. And it's not often in the, in the history of this program that you're able to think about these things. So you revel in Saturday, and then you think about what's possible, and then you realize that, of course, none of it's possible – unless you beat Houston. And we knew as the season, we knew for the very beginning, Mike Norvell knew, everyone who looked at the schedule knew that these two games would be an extraordinary test. Um, A, because it's Navy, and Navy has had their number, and then B, because it's Houston, just a few days later, on the road where Houston doesn't lose. Um, so if you can get through this gauntlet, it is, you know, it it, it's, it will be incredibly impressive. Well, it's, it's obviously a real test. And one thing I would like to point out, I don't think another loss necessarily cripples Memphis's hopes of winning the division. It probably hurts their chances right. of being the top group of five yeah, teams. It, destroy, but, it destroys the big dream. It doesn't destroy the idea because you look at you look at the schedules of the other one loss teams in the division. Houston still has to play at USF. Tulane has to play USF, obviously at Memphis and Houston. SMU has a game against UCF and has to play at Navy and Memphis. Navy has plays UCF this week um, and has to play at Houston to close the year, or not close the conference year. They, they obviously close against Army and, and Memphis. I, I you know Memphis has a game at Tulsa, who showed you know they're they're a different team at home than they are on the road, even though they're struggling this year. But I think the winner of this division might end up having two conference losses. So I, I'm not so sure this is a must win. Obviously you'd be, you'd control your own destiny. If you, if you win this one, we're joined this week by John Varlis, who was uh, our high school writer. who's also helping out like me on the football beat. And uh, John was at Mike Norvell's availability yesterday, previewing that Houston game. What, what do you think, uh, what do you think? How's this week going for Memphis? How are they preparing? What What do you think they think? Uh, what did, What did Mike Morvell sort of say about this challenge against Houston? Well, I tell you what, Mark. When first of all, Mike Norvell yesterday was. I mean, you could tell he was like a man that found a hundred dollar bill on the sidewalk. He, you know, he said all the right things, but he was clearly proud that Memphis had broken into the top twenty five. He was clearly proud of the accomplishment against Navy on Saturday. You know, he's just and, and he's got every right to be. You know, that's a that's a team that's playing some really good football. You know, they're doing they, they've they've re, I think they've recovered pretty well from the Central Florida loss, but in fairness to the schedule he looked at the schedule and he's you know he told us he said hey when the schedule came out you know i looked at navy i looked at uh houston and i you know i was like i you know we know this is going to be a tough stretch we knew this is going to be a challenging set of five of uh two games in five days or so And, and i think the challenge comes in is where you you have to turn around your defense from playing against navy um, you know, which is primarily a running team. And now you have to turn that all around and face, you know, Houston, which is a more conventional football team, conventional for these days, meaning, you know, pass more than run. Um, you know, I talked to Chris Ball at practice yesterday, the defensive coordinator, and he said they had a massive personnel meeting the Saturday, uh, excuse me, the Sunday before the Navy game, trying to figure out, you know, who's going to go where and what position. You know, that's how they ended up with Austin Hall at free, you know, free safety. And, you know, Sharif White moved around a little bit, Jannard Avery, you know, those guys. They really had to plug some things in, and, and, and too, based on all the injuries that they've had, you know, through the course of the season, they really had to work some things around differently. So you go from that to 
again, Houston on a short turnaround, which is more of a conventional team. Austin Hall is going to go back to his normal position. Everybody's going to go back to their quote unquote normal duties. And, 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 and you know, like you guys were saying earlier, you know, hostile crowd, um, a place where, you know, Houston hardly loses, a place where, you know, Memphis has not won much in the past. It, it's going to be a real challenge. And, and you know, put that top 25 on their back, too. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it's just going to make it that much harder. It's um, to me. And this is it's not even so much that they have to, in short order, flip back to their other defense, which is obviously its own challenge. But this is my concern. That other defense isn't very good. Like (laughs) when they have had to defend the pass and the run, we haven't like it was a tremendous game by the defense this past Saturday. And I'm not trying to take anything away from their creativity. The fact that they went back and researched how to how to stop Navy, the fact that they came up with a particular scheme to, and junked everything. It speaks to the ability of the players to adapt. There's it, it is to their immense credit that they were able to do that. But the only but I would have is this, is that in terms of their conventional defense, when they have to stop the pass and the run, they haven't been very good this year, and in particular against the pass. Back when Tom Shad was was with us, he had that horrifying stat about the ability of other teams to convert on third and eight and longer, and it was something like 50% of the time. At that time, they were converting on third and eight. It, it spoke to the problems that Memphis has had in pass defense. And honestly, Navy doesn't present those same kinds of problems. And so you're now facing a team that, that can run and throw, and that's been difficult for Memphis. Well, to illuminate that, Zach Aby was one of seven for 20 yards in that game the other day for Navy. And yet, when you look at the current national statistics, Memphis still ranks 113th in the country in passing defense. So this this defense had been gashed in its traditional sense. And and I wonder, you know, I just wonder how it's going to all go back. And it, it is a re, it's a reflection of the fact that the secondary is probably the most inexperienced it was going into the season. And then now it's had a couple injuries. And, it's, and they don't tend to put much pressure on the on the quarterback. That too, That's the been defense. another weakness as well. And I, I would I wonder with how successful Gennard Avery was playing on the edge this past week. We hadn't heard much from him. The first four games, quieter of the season. season than you would have expected. Yeah, I wonder. I know they move him there a decent. They move him around a bunch, anyways, in their traditional defense. I wouldn't. I I don't know if I would move him to defensive end. You know, the majority of his snaps. You clearly have some decent linebackers there. I thought Bryce Hall was pretty good in that game the other day. You could maybe slot him in at linebacker and and give Gennard. It just feels like it's more natural to him rushing the passer and playing on the edge there. I know he's a little undersized for it, but yeah. I mean, I know you know Coach Norvell alluded to this yesterday too. I mean. It's, we're not talking out of school here. The reason this is a, a Thursday night nationally televised ESPN game is because, you know, ESPN is expecting there to be some points scored. You know, they're expecting an exciting game that the fans in Idaho and California or wherever turn on the TV and say, hey, you know, we got us a, a barn burner going right. here, so let's check it out a little bit. Well, and it's been fun. Obviously, Riley Ferguson, it's funny. We, we've said Riley Ferguson didn't have the best game against Navy. His numbers were still pretty damn good. Uh, Anthony Miller still had 10 catches, which is what he seems to do all the time. Um, and so I think it will be. Uh, it, it will be incumbent on the offense to, to fire it up like it had been against UConn. I mean, it has to play. It's typically a fabulous game. Well, what we've seen recently, I think, is though Riley's numbers have been pretty good, he hasn't been 
he's been he's been good. He has not been great with a pass rush in his face, and he's gotten more pressure the past couple weeks uh, than he had earlier in the season. And that's something to keep be aware of with Ed Oliver on the other side of the field for Houston, who uh, Mike Norvell called him probably the most impactful player in our league on the AAC. He's also been a little bit. He's not. He's, he's playing with a strained MCL, um, and this Houston defense has has been. It's funny looking at the stats for Houston. I mean, the biggest difference between Houston this year and the past two years is that in 2015, they were eighth in rushing defense. In 2016, they were fourth in rushing defense. And currently, they are 88th in rushing defense. So they are getting gashed on the ground more so than they have in the past. Um, so that's something to watch in this one. They're also scoring, even though their their yards per game are are. are pretty similar to the past years they're not scoring as much and this will present an interesting challenge for memphis's defense they have a dual threat quarterback kyle postma who uh came in they lost to texas tech i believe in their third game and benched kyle allen the uh big time transfer from texas next kyle up you just go next kyle up here in this yeah situation. next kyle up <laughs> postma had postma had a pretty bad game against Tulsa, so I'm curious to see how much of a leash He was the guy who essentially beat Memphis two years ago, came in and essentially beat Memphis two years ago. The other thing about this Houston game, it's funny, as you look at, in this American Athletic Conference, what is the team who sort of has emerged as Memphis's biggest rival? Obviously, Navy's a rival because they hadn't been able to beat them. That's certainly true. But I think Houston has become almost the test. Three years ago, you had, I mean, Memphis. Memphis lost a crusher at the Liberty Bowl, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, then the next year, it was two years ago. It was the they went up. Or they went up big. Houston came back. Memphis had a chance to win. Jake Elliott missed a kick at the end, which never happens. And Memphis lost that one, 35-34 at Houston. And then last year, when Houston was, you know, everyone's darling, uh, Memphis wins at the at the Liberty Bowl, 48-44, to as Riley Ferguson hits Anthony Miller with a touchdown pass with 17 seconds left. So over the last three years... The total score in these three games has been Houston 107, Memphis 106. It is that's kind of been the the struggle it's been, and it has it has helped to define the season each of those games. And Jeff, which Houston team are you going to get too? Are you going to get the team that you know just laid a big egg against Tulsa last week, or or the one that you know had played you know pretty pretty well? Pretty up to darn they beat Arizona football. on the road. They to beat start Arizona the on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Memphis laid an egg too. You know, Memphis has laid the egg at UCF, so they've they've had their share of eggs. They've each had their eggs here, and so. It will be interesting because they're both on short weeks. Houston has the advantage, though, of being home. And um, so for, for Memphis, if Memphis can pull these two off, be quite it a will be one hell of a feat. Quite a feat. To win two two games of this, essentially your two biggest games of the year in five days, it'd be a heck of an accomplishment. Um, something to keep in mind. I mean, I think Mike Norvell, when he looks at that Houston-Tulsa game from last week, he views it the same way he views Memphis's loss to UCF, like just kind of a, a dud that was an anomaly. And we meant I mentioned the schedules earlier. I mean, for Houston, if they want to win the division, they kind of have to win this game. So it's it's more it's a it's a little do or die for them in terms of a, a division title uh, in this one. So I, 
I'm not sure what Houston team is going to show up. I'm expecting a 35-34 barn burner, just like the past three years. Right. I think it'll be very similar to that. And I think it'll be, um, you know, I, I, you, you need Riley to be good. You need Anthony Miller to be good. You need, you can't have the mistakes, some of the mistakes that you had against Navy. Even though you were able to survive them against Navy, it's probably because you forced five turnovers. That's unlikely to happen. To happen Although again. Houston is turnover prone this year. Right. They so, are turnover prone. Um, but yeah, I expect a good one and uh, a fun one for everybody to watch. Well, that does it. Thanks for joining us on this week's Tiger Football Podcast. I was Mark Giannato. Jeff Calkins was here, and we were joined this week by uh, John Varlis. Thanks so much, and hopefully you'll uh, join us next week. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.